You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's not another Buffalo podcast. Hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John, Pat, and Brando. On Buffalo Rumblings. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with my buddies Pat and Brando here on a victory Tuesday for a little change here. A quick turnaround on this episode, which is good for you guys listening. This is a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on all platforms at Not Buff Podcast. So I was the only person out of this group who was not at that game yesterday. So I, w- I want to let you guys do the talking because obviously I'll just go off about how I'm all vibes, John, again here for the uh, whatever sixth week in a row that we've won. So uh, how, how was it? Like throwing snowballs, all that stuff we could see on the broadcast. Brando, you were there earlier, like way before the game started. So you got to see as it progressed from a snow field to a, you know, stadium full of fans and stuff like that. Well, so uh, what, what was that I'll like? I'll give you my take and then I want to hear Pat's take from his perspective because we probably had two different two different days, right? Two totally different days. But first of all, huge, huge round of applause to anybody that shoveled snow. I don't know if you heard Mark Polencar's comments. They were going to have the game. They wanted to have the game in Buffalo no matter what because the Bills earned a home game. But it was on the table to have the game played in Atlanta at a neutral site. And then when that was shut down. They were going to have the game in Buffalo with no fans. They weren't going to allow anybody into the stadium. There was no way to get anybody through the concourses, through the vomitories, which is a little ramp to go down into your seats. And then once you got to your seats, it's like, what, what, what's, what, what do you do? Do you give everybody a little like sand bucket and shovel, you know, those little sets that you have <laughs> from a kid, you just give those away. But they had people working. You had 26 hours of time from when the game was supposed to be to when it actually happened. And nobody stopped working for that 26 hours. Uh, Andy Major, he's my boss, my boss's boss. He's like the head of the guest experience. He went on WGR. He talked about it a lot. It's super cool that they were able to get it done. And fans, you know, they taught, you see the videos of them sliding to their seats or sitting on packed, you know, snow banks in the stands. But it would, the majority of the rows, I would say were, and when I say majority, I mean probably like 51.5% of the rows were cleared out. But the other half, it was being <laughs> like they were clearing them out as we were going. And it was really a, a sight to see. And there was a few incidences with fans that I thought were going to get testy. And they weren't. Uh, people in the wrong seats. But you can't really tell your seat because the bleacher seating is really hard. But, you know, I had this woman. She's a season ticket holder for 62 years, never misses a game. And you know, there's people in her seat. And I'm like, you there's a VIP here. It's this woman. You better get out of here. And the guy was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he, he first gave me a little bit of sass. And then he's like, I, I'm sorry, man. He's like, you're right. I, and everybody was like super, I don't know what the word, like they were, they rolled with it. They rolled with the waves. They rolled with the punches and everything. This kind of like, you know, go, go with the flow kind of day. 
So that was really cool. Nobody that I saw had any crazy snowball incidences. Nobody got beamed in the head. Sal Capaccio didn't talk about getting drilled in the head with a snowball today, but the drive-in was tricky. It's always cool to see after a storm, it looks like a war zone with all the trucks and dump trucks and backhoes and shovelers and the roads all look different because you can't see anything because it's just piles of snow. But kudos to all those people. And, and then the game was just a little cold. The breeze was a little chilly. But when it's uh, too cold for them, it's just right for us, obviously, with the scoreboard, as we saw. So I don't know. It, it was a good time. Even working it, it was a good time. The fans were nice. I'm glad it turned into be like a party game. The The shots of everybody throwing the snow up in the air from the clubs or from above is a very cool view. I'm sure, Pat, you saw that. But from my end, it was really cool. The wheelchair pushing was hard. Well, that's but what I was thinking, man. I, I, I was hoping you didn't. Hopefully, they have some sort of emergency brakes you can pull on the, the chairs or whatever if you're slipping. But <laughs> uh, We're going. If we're sliding, we're all going together. You know? <laughs> but I've never lost we're anybody out of my chair. So. Say Buffalo, they got skis on the chairs for this time yeah, of right. year, right? Like they got those special wheelchairs. No, I, just, I saw a picture of uh, one of the, I think it was West Seneca Police Department, has one of those pickup trucks with treads on it to go fish people out that are stuck. And I was cool. like, that looks like some Alaska level stuff. I had no idea that. Well, all right. Well, and then wasn't, I saw and Dion uh, was out there too, I believe, a couple days ago. A couple players were out. helping out. Yeah. I saw that too. Yep. I saw we, we would have to ask our friends that came on here from Green Bay because Lambeau Field has these personal snowblowers that are like mini it's like 12 by 12 oh i saw that for the special uh custom built aryan snowblowers that are thinner so they can get into the aisles so uh maybe buffalo needs to get a couple of those on order for this week but i think they get a lot more volunteers there's enough buffalo dads that are obsessed with snowblowing their driveway that they would you know jump at the opportunity to clear out the the rows of the bill stadium if they were running a power tool of some sort. It's, it's super interesting to see because it's like, what do you do with it when you shovel it? You don't shovel it into another row because you're going to have to remove that anyways. You can't put it on to the vomitory because people have to walk out there anyway. So they had those conveyor belts. Can, can we talk? It's, it's a vomitator? Vomitory. A that's what it's called. Yeah, because people vomit it. Because all the stuff... Oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't know how real it is, but they call them vomitories. It's the entrance into the stadium, the ramp into your section. It's called a vomitory. Okay, I yeah. didn't know if it's just because like those kind of vomit out into the stadium. Like I don't know, no idea. Maybe vomit like comes from to exit or something like that. Meaning, some Latin thing. The meaning of vomitory is an entrance piercing the banks of seats of a theater, amphitheater, or stadium. So yeah, that would probably be what it means. All the people are going out that way. But I remember hearing that word for the first time ten years ago when I started working there. I'm like, what is this? Nice. Yeah, Latin with Brando, uh, new uh, NABP segment we got going here. But it was to see the green Pat. field, and I'm sure, Pat, that this was really cool, but to see the green field and to know that all the snow went from the rows to the conveyor belts to the field to be loaded into a dump truck to be driven away out of the one tunnel that they have for the one exit in the stadium is super cool. I mean, it's a work of, like, put it on scale to the Egyptians building the pyramids almost. Obviously not really, but you know, it's something like that. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Don't get us on sports center, Brando. Oh. <laughs> Pat, Pat, what was it? What was it like for you? You were up in the three hundreds, yep, right? Yep. You send some good pictures for the, the podcast content. Everybody loved uh, the, the, the Pat content. So uh, what was it like up there? Uh, well, I, A little I, chilly? it wasn't too bad. Like Brandon said, I mean, I guess later, later game, it was, you know, once you've, I, I was being driven, but still, um, <laughs> no, I I, uh, I I did in fact have to slide down about twelve rows 
um, to get to a point where I could walk to get to the bathroom. It was actually pretty cool. It was kind of like bobsled style. Like it, it was, you know, you had chains of people upwards, I'd say of about 30 people, you know, whatever, crotch to back, just sliding down. And so it was, it was, it was pre- <laughs> I saw a video of that. So that was, that was happening right in front of me. In I, I slid section. personally. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. How how the uh, how the how the bun cheeks? Uh, today? I mean, they weren't All bad. Good? It was pretty smooth. Nice it was smooth. it was as slide like as you could get. And then someone came with like salt to try and desalt it, but um, it was okay. Yeah, because you don't want to take that slide too late when it starts getting some speed bumps in it, right? Yep. So it, it was right. good. Yeah. Um, can't really complain. I, the only thing that was interesting is that, so in the midst of having all these people sliding, you did kind of really have to strategically plan when you did want to leave your seat, if you did want to get something to eat. You know, I, I was not able to get anything to eat. The, the lines were a little long. But that being said, I, I did hear a very cool perspective I would like to hear from you guys, um, your thoughts on. There's an elderly gentleman in front of me. Not Well, when I say elderly, he's probably like 50s. But, um, you know, he was wearing a full Carhartt you know, bib overall, get up as was I, but he didn't get up from a seat the entire game. And everyone was like, dude, how are you doing it? And then finally he said, you know, I have depends on, and this is the key to success in a winter game is that if you, if you wear depends, they don't freeze. And if you, if you double up on them, you really don't get any leakage. And he's like, that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years when I drink at the stadium and it's really snowy and I don't want to fall down is I just, I keep drinking and just go. But he told you this willingly, willingly. Yes. Bills so. fans on another level. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was, it was cool. Funny. They're not a bad view in the <laughs> It's stadium. cool though. It's cool because we're at a Bills <laughs> game. If you're right. yeah. <laughs> um, are, you, are you asking for our takes or like, I don't think any of us would ever do that unless it was the fantasy football punishment. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, if you like, were, at, which by the way, Brad, uh, Pat, you're behind am, on a couple of TikToks I, uh, here. My, my girlfriend has been doing some research on which ones would be least humiliating for me to do. But um, we do have some of the works. Uh, Pat, if, if there's a green screen anywhere you can find or a colored sheet, just dance in front of it and send me the video. I promise you I can make something good out of it. Like, well, you know, we can have you dancing on G E H a field, like right where Jackson Mahomes does his thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it'd be do a little side by side. I, th- I think I could, I could jive but, with it. No, I definitely but. have to do that. I will say too, when you were talking about the snowballs, there were a couple people from my section that did throw, I, I mean, it was probably a piece of ice as well, but some, some snowballs that did reach the field, which I was like, you know, we have a couple from the three hundreds. Yes. We did have a couple undercover Josh Allen's up there. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) Overall, good experience though. How was it watching it on TV? I mean, I heard Tony Romo was getting a little biased, which is okay. We like that. This was the part working the games, the part that I always miss because hearing this morning, Jeremy and Joe talking about Tony Romo and then listening later in the day to be like Mike Shope and, and the bulldog, they were talking about, it sounded like Jim Nance was actually kind of getting annoyed of Tony Romo, they said when he came out of his halftime takes, his entire like key to the second half was Sam Martin was hurt. And Jim Nance looked at him yep. and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, Tony? That's and, and it yep. looked like Tony was just not there. But I don't know. I, I you know, I, I like Tony Romo. So <laughs> Tony, Tony was just on thought. the Bills bandwagon, yeah. dude. I mean, I don't, I don't know. So, well, there's a couple of different layers to this and other things that come to mind when you guys say that. Um, one thing that does come to mind is like I've. If you're going to do the Tony Romo and Jim Nance, you know, 
examining the dynamic between those two. I don't think it's that unsimilar to what Mike Tirico goes through on a nightly basis where it's working with Collinsworth, where Collinsworth will say something. And of course, I love when they do the in booth shots because you can just see the expression on Mike Tirico's face. Like <sighs> Mike Tirico is a true pro. He can go with the flow for anything. But he kind of looks like Mike Myers after Kanye West is like uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people, where he's just like looks over at him (laughs) and he's like, "Okay, I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) We're going to not acknowledge what was just said here. Right. Right. And obviously, like Tony Romo gets crazy and stuff like that. Jim Nance, he's what a year away from retirement. This is is his his last last year calling football games. games, This is. This is last year calling game. So he's got one more week to go unless CBS is carrying the Super Bowl. I'm not sure. I thought it was it usually I Fox thought it was NBC or Fox. I think it's. Oh, wait, no. Fox had it last year because yeah. remember we had the commentators that weren't Joe Buck and Troy Aikman yeah. and it was kind it of might be, Super it Bowl might for be, that reason. Um, I guess. Yeah. So it's got to be it's got to be CBS or yeah. NBC this year. But CBS anyway. CBS. Yeah. So I didn't notice it as much because Romo. If you know he's biased towards the Bills, like Collinsworth is towards Mahomes. Like if we were watching a Chiefs game and Romo was going nuts about the Chiefs, like I would have he does noticed too it and complained about Chiefs. it more. But also when they're playing the Chiefs, you know he's he's a quarterback, and if you're if you have a top ten quarterback in the league, you're going to be happy to see them play, right? Right. The right. meme I saw today right. was Tony Romo getting ready for Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, and it was just like this guy just blowing up with excitement. Just, Are you talking the Randy <laughs> yeah. Marsh, um, the Randy Marsh in the chair meme, where he finally gets to see the uh, the internet after weeks and weeks? Yeah. No, it, it, it was something else, but it was just this guy that like, was just super excited. Like, what is Tony Romo going to do with himself with Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen in the same game? And Tony Romo also, he's gone from a very like in, insightful analysis where he's actually talking about like what the quarterback's thinking here, what the defense looks like they're showing, what the offense looks like they're showing pre-snap and stuff like that. The stuff that we started to like Tony about, he's gone away from that. And it's just like, he's trying to predict the, like the narrative of the game before it happens. Like, so he's saying things like, Jim, I think this might be the play that if you look back at this game and the Steelers win, this could, this was the one that turned the tide. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, we're talking about like an, a, a series of events that hasn't even played out yeah. yet. And he's trying to, you know, predict stuff that way. So I don't know if he's pulling a Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and drinking in the booth, but I, I don't know. He's, Yo, he's a little bit uh, <laughs> crazy wired. I was watching them the other day. What game was on Fox? Who had Joe Buck? Oh, it wasn't Fox. Uh, they're on ES. They're on ESPN what, now. What was so the last game that they called? The last Monday night game. It, did they it call, did they call the Eagles Bucks game. yesterday? Yeah, they, they called Eagles Bucks I can't tell them apart and, when they're talking uh, though. They sound very similar. But, <laughs> don't yeah. they? Don't they? All I know. That's so funny. I know. I noticed that with commentators who have worked together for like a really, really long time, those guys. It's really harder to tell those two like. apart than it is Knox and Kincaid, and like those two, especially from the three hundreds. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell them apart. The eighty six no. and the eighty eight is too close sometimes. But yeah, I don't yeah. want to slander them. And it's not a slander at all. But it's just so funny to hear. You can hear. Troy Aikman's whiskey glass in his hand. I swear you can hear it in his voice and in the way that he calls the first quarter to the fourth quarter, what he says to Joe Buck. It's so funny to me to see his personality just morph as this game goes on. I'm like, it's not the same guy that is calling the first quarter. No, it is. Yeah. And you can see it in his eyes by the end of the game. You know, it's, Man is it's hilarious. And because, yeah. Uh, I think Joe Buck did an interview once. He's talking about calling games and he's like, you know, back in the day, you know, we'd be putting back tequila shots in the break and stuff like that. And it's like, 
I don't think they ever stopped. I don't think that they ever once, like maybe they were, maybe they were scolded once and you know, maybe, maybe the Fox execs had them being sober and the, you know, part of their contract is ESPN. You don't bother us with our (laughs) drinks. We're going to, we're going to drink in the booth if we want to drink in the booth and you're getting Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, you know, whatever way we're going to be. So, so funny. Yeah. Those guys are, but I just, it was a conscious thought in my head. I'm like, why? I'm like, he sounds like he's had a couple drinks in him. Like he yep. does. He really He'll does. Say stuff. Yeah. He'll stay stuff. And it's, it's so funny. Also some great video content out there of those guys saying some stuff that could be followed up by. That's what she said. <laughs> some really good clips where they just say some stuff that could be taken out of context real easy. And they, they don't even realize they're doing it, which makes it even better. Well, but they're funny. Yeah. So obviously we got the chiefs coming to town next weekend a uh, little bit of a rest differential here. I brought this up when the game was moved and uh, apparently that was premature, but that's what she I, said. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Brando <laughs> wink. I, I honestly, I thought it was interesting. Maybe you guys can help me out why they did it, but usually with these games, I don't know if they usually do it in the divisional round, but wouldn't you think that they would put the NFC games on the same day, like Saturday and the AFC games on the same day, like Sunday, so that the championship games, those matchups, have the same amount of rest differential because as it is now there are going to be teams with a negative rest differential and maybe it's because the 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 one seeds play on saturday is that true i gotta look at the schedule That's interesting i don't know i never thought about this i just thought it would go every other one nfc game one afc game one nfc game one afc game right which make that's it that is how it but goes if you're the early afc sense. game are you going to be the late NFC game like do they rotate time slots if the well, AFC it, goes first I mean I, I would imagine so it is it is the games at Baltimore and at San Francisco on Saturday so the number one seeds will also have a rest advantage going into the AFC and NFC championships so interesting I think at this point of the year I don't think it matters as much as people might make it out to matter I mean there was a quote that said the Niners started prepping for the Packers at halftime of the Cowboys game and in reality yep. it's what two hours extra prep, which is fine. But you know, how much prep are you actually getting done during this game? You're, you're instead of watching the game without a notepad, you now stand up, you go get your notepad and now you're watching the game with the notepad. Is that what your prep counts is? I don't know. The rest for your body is more important. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I, I, I think of it like, again, I don't want to get to the AFC championship game. I just wanted to point that out. I think it's more of a big deal when the, the two, the two game rest differential that you have between the chiefs and the bills for this upcoming game, especially how banged up the bills yeah. are. And both teams did play in frigid temperatures. So I'm sure there's lots of bumps and bruises and a lot of soreness after a game like that. But Though it's extra two days, even for the soreness of players that aren't injured, I feel like can make a, a huge difference. So not a game changing difference, maybe, but just something to keep in mind there. McDermott had a good quote on this. I think he said, we're not even thinking about it. I don't have it memorized. I think it's on my phone. He was he just played it off as you would expect McDermott to. And he says, making sure we're on top of the injuries the best that we can, making sure that we have a plan in place to make sure we're getting the players in at the right time. Scheduling standpoints, we'll handle it. I'm confident in that. But he said it's just business as usual. It's next man up. We're not thinking about it. We're we have to deal with this game in front of us. But I think the extra day of rest for the Pittsburgh game, you know, it might help that a little bit. I don't know. It's like you sleep in on a Monday. You have a late night on a Tuesday. You're more tired on Wednesday, right? I don't. I don't know. Whatever, whatever <laughs> real real life analogy you want, but that extra day 
for Douglas that extra day for all these guys. And it just stinks because of like what you said, John, a lot of the, the injuries in this game, they're yeah. not going to get the rest, yeah. but I don't know. You, the NFL does this to teams all the time, right? The Sunday night to Saturday or Sunday night to yeah. Monday at one or, or Sunday at one. I don't know. I, it, we'll see. We'll see if it makes a difference. If the bills lose, obviously we'll be talking about it, but yeah. Well, I, I, I saw this tweet today and I wanted to share this with you guys because I, th- I think it sheds some important perspective on where we're at. And the three of us can really appreciate where we've come from because we're drought babies, right? Like that's the era that we grew up in. So every playoff game is exciting. And we've, we've been a little bit spoiled over the last four years, right? Yep. Four straight years with a playoff win. Them and Kansas City will still remain to be the only team that's done that because they were the only team to do it in the three pe- previous years. So that streak is extended for both of them. But, you know, here we are again in the divisional round. And uh, obviously we had that crazy Josh Allen play, right? And that just seems like routine. We get maybe one of those a game, if not two, as it is. And uh, someone tweeted out the most offensive touchdowns in Bill's playoff history. Josh Allen is now on top with 24 followed by Thurman Thomas with 21 and Jim Kelly with 21. Cool. So Thurman had 21 touchdowns in 21 games, 21 playoff games. Jim had 21 in 19 playoff games. Josh Allen has 24 total TDs in nine playoff games. That's crazy. And that's just so crazy to me. And like, I I just want to have an appreciation for how awesome it is that we just get to watch Josh Allen every week. And like, what did that play look like from you guys' perspective? Where oh, were you dude, guys? It looked like he was happened? running for a mile. I swear to God. I felt like it was Forrest <laughs> Gump running all the way through the tunnel. But also it was crazy because like, it was really cool to see. The, the, I, I don't know. Obviously he didn't make a catch. He didn't make too big of a play, but like Andy Isabella and Dalton Kincaid out there blocking for him too. was like really wild to watch. Yeah. In real time. Yeah. It looks like those blocks on the broadcast were made a little bit easier because the Steelers players like didn't sell out to get off of their blocks. Like, By Steelers players, you mean Patrick Peterson. The uh, yeah. the noise is always interesting to me because I'm not always watching the field. I might be running an errand. I did not see the play with my own eyes. I saw it on the monitor, which is the live stream of the game. So there's not a delay or anything. But you hear the noise before anything. Just this, a gasp right. of, oh, and then like when Josh does a little stutter, has he? It's like, and everybody erupts. It's it was not a fake slide, by the way. It was not I a fake didn't think slide. it was a fake like, slide either. Kenny Pickett pulled off the fake slide in college. That's not what Josh Kenny did. did it he literally with like one leg out. The guy. He was almost yeah. down to slide. And Josh yeah. just slowed down like that. I don't know. I don't want to hear the debate about it. It's not worth no, having. No. We know Josh knows. No. The quote was really funny because McDermott was like Joe Brady screaming on the mic, get down, get down, get down. And then he's like, go, go, go. Well, that's what we're all screaming at our television yeah. on the way home. I think I even tweeted it. I was like, here, I'll pull up the exact same tweet. But that's so funny that Joe Brady has the same well, exact wasn't it, thought. If as I remember, us, wasn't like, the play on third down? Am I tripping? I feel like that's, I feel it, like it was a third down play, too, because I remember thinking that's I'm curious to know on the highlight because I I not for a second. I couldn't even think get down because I was just thinking first down. I, I, I tweeted it as soon as it happened. Everyone watching at home collectively yeah. yelling slide, slide, slide quickly followed by go, go, go third and eight. Cause it's like, okay. It is third and eight. That's I, man so, coverage. Yeah. Because I wasn't even thinking get down. I was just like, we got the first and then, yeah. Well, after he got the first, then he was in that cloud of people. It's like, slide, get down, Josh, be safe. You know, like what we're all used to yelling at the TV and then he turns it into a touchdown. <laughs> the man is insane. It's so funny watching these, corners try to be like uh oh business decision just the the yep. 
the way that I can relate to those corners as a corner who's undersized <laughs> and skinny in football. And that last game of the year against Dundee, when they had the dynamic duo running backs that were like six, one, two forty, and they're getting that out, outside toss. And I'm like, that linebacker better get there. That linebacker. Yeah, better Brennan, get you there. were, you were out there making personal health decisions there. That's, well, and I don't blame well, you. I was doing the same that's thing. That's the point. It's just, it's, it's cold. I remember that game being cold. I remember, I don't want to tackle this guy. I don't want to tackle this guy. But then it's like, oh, there he goes. Well, maybe I could have made yeah, a difference like, on that. That's play. like the Coors Light <laughs> freight train coming at you. Yeah. It's an incredible yeah. play that will go down with Taron Johnson and Gabe Davis's playoff performances in the past years here. But in my brain, I'm I'm seeing Khalil Shakir's touchdown run over and over and over in my head. The, the little yeah, dipsy that doodle awesome. that he did. Yeah. It was it was so cool. And to have that stat that he had a point seven percent chance of scoring when he caught the ball and he made that guy miss and then seeing the highlight that he did that exact same play in college when he was in college it's just like you know it was in there it was in him and he just had to get comfortable so it's cool to see him be this big breakout player and get that yak yardage that we finally desire right and and Dalton Kincaid making some plays his first catch deep down the sideline that crossing route I saw that one in person it's like he's one-on-one he really wasn't open either. Allen put it on a dime right in Kincaid's hands, right where it needed to be. And Kincaid made a play just to see that trust, that chemistry, because it kind of looked like Allen was staring him down from where I was. I was behind him in the end zone watching the play happen. And I'm like, he's got him. It's one on one. And he just goes and he lets his rookie tight end make a play. So it's super yeah. cool. I, I can't tell you which play is the best of the game. Most people would say, Josh, I would say, okay, I'm not ever going to argue with that. But the Khalil Shakir yeah. play is a 1B, I think. It is. No, for sure. Well, let's get a break in here before we get too deep. We'll be back just for a quick little segment to wrap up our thoughts. Uh, but I want to let you guys know this episode is brought to you by Small City Realty. If you're looking to buy, sell, or manage property in Western New York, contact Zachary Corzillis at Small City Realty. That's 585-409-1088. 585-409-1088 and by the J-Corps agency for all your insurance needs. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I have a little bit of a hypothetical here that I saw. Somebody had posted a Twitter poll. Let me see if I bookmarked it so I can uh, give credit. All right. So this is from, excuse me if I read your Twitter handle wrong, at swank247bf. Anyway, so the prompt is, if you absolutely had to, who would you rather have dinner with? And option A is Chris Collinsworth, and option B is Nick Wright. Can you read that one more time? And If you absolutely had to, who would you rather have dinner with? Chris Collinsworth or Nick Wright? Easy. See, I thought it was, I thought it was, and then I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, I don't know. How, I mean, and it really comes down to, I guess, how you guys feel about well, Nick it's Wright. Like, and I, obviously, that that could change that this week based I mean, on the clips. You have that come two out. sportscasters and play-by-play announcers, but one of them happened to play in the NFL on some elite teams. So at least I could ask him about that. I could ask Chris Collinsworth about what it's like to practice law in the state of Florida, which I'm sure is insane. Like, you know, Chris Collinsworth, he's an under, <laughs> like he's a he's underratedly interesting. Uh, you know, like Chris that's, Collins Esquire. That's true. Like, you know, um, so. I, I feel like Chris Collinsworth is is underrated. Nick Wright, what? I, I, the, okay, yeah. Tell me about Morehouse School of Journalism. I don't care. Yeah, let's. Uh, you're probably <laughs> still in debt from Syracuse <laughs> University. Tell me about that. Like, I literally, he's a shock jock. He's a less talented, uglier version of Howard Stern, if that's possible. So, like, I wouldn't sit down with him. Wow. Was, he's the last person on the face of the earth to sit down with. So, wow. Oh my god. I feel bad you for him to say that. Is Chris Collinsworth's son involved in the dinner? If you have Chris Collinsworth, does he bring his son? Oh, I didn't. I didn't even. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Enough. We're gonna say no. But do you like or dislike Chris Collinsworth's son on the NBA? I, I like broadcasts? him. I just think it's so funny because it's basically Chris Collinsworth thirty years ago, sounding exactly yeah. the same. It's just the, it's the nepotism in there that makes me mad. But he's okay. So like, it's just like you want a young Chris Collinsworth on the sideline. We're just gonna put your son here. All right. And let him do the job, whether he's qualified or not. I don't know anything about his credentials. He may be perfectly educated and perfectly qualified. I don't think he does a bad job, but I just think it's funny because he sounds so much like his dad when he's talking. He does. He does. He's got the smile, too. Yeah. And well, Pat is uh, fact checking his his claims from. Well, no, no. I was just going to say that, like, at least Collinsworth's son did, like, play college football at Notre Dame. So, like, he's not just coming from. I went to shock jock. That's my thing about Nick Wright. He He doesn't have an ounce of athletic ability. Like, you know, that's at least, and granted, I'm sure Collinsworth kid, Collinsworth's kid, you know, there's probably some nepotism that goes into playing somewhere as prestigious as Notre Dame, but to be a team captain, you know, I, I just, at least those two would have perspective. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, you're good. You're good. And I, I think the, I don't want to get too far into the, uh, the athlete or non-athlete point because there's tons of people who talk about sports for a living who are awesome at it and have never taken a snap in their life. Like us. So like that, <laughs> We played sports. Even Stephen A. Smith I played know, college I sports. Know. Like, you know, like here's the thing. I think Nick Wright, if you want to be annoyed with Nick Wright, you can do it based on the way that he goes about things or the gotcha journalism or the 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 character that he plays on TV shows. I don't I don't think it has to do with the fact that he never played sports or not. I think I think it's cuz he's playing a character. Yeah. You, you can't you can take that argument too far cuz then you'd be like, okay, well, Mina Kimes is one of the best in the business. Has she ever taken a snap of football? No, I mean true. No. True. But so, I I don't know. I I that's a slippery slope there, but 
Anyway, I really like, I was just as annoyed with Nick Wright as everybody else when, you know, he's doing the whole, you know, anti-Buffalo thing. He's obviously such a Kansas City homer, but he plays it up to some of a point that he plays Bill's fans like a fiddle. And you have to step back and like, you can't engage with that. You can't do it at all, though. Just, you can't like it. You, you just, can't comment you just, it. You can't do anything. It just you can't. can't exist. You can't because yeah. you're just playing into his hands. Yeah. And I will say some of the times that he slows down and actually you can tell that it's a little bit more actual Nick Wright and not the character that he plays on ESPN is a little, it's a lot more digestible, especially when he's talking about like his perspective on Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. I enjoyed watching that. We had a conversation about Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago and it has not aged yeah. well for you guys. I'm so like a lot has happened since then. That's super funny. So, John. Uh, I thought about that because <laughs> almost the next day, he starts making these headlines. Yeah, it was literally almost the next yeah. day. Like, I think the episode hadn't even come out yet. And I was like, all right, well. <laughs> this is a good question, though. Yeah. And, John, I'm kind of with you. And I only say this because I would consider Nick Wright. And I don't even want to say this because I don't want to bu- buff us up. But, like, we talk about sports. He talks about sports. I don't want to say colleague because he does it on TV in front of millions of people. But there's things that I would want to ask him about playing his character why he hasn't ever cut his hair again and why he (laughs) picks on the bills so much. But besides the point, you know, Syracuse guy, I I just think it's interesting what clicked for him. I want to talk to the the human being because I do think he is good at his job. He does what he is paid to do. I mean, true. We are talking about him. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. Well, well, Pat, just like I'm making the case for Nick right here, but my answer would be Chris Collinsworth. Oh. The, the long part of it, like I still would pick Chris Collinsworth. You know, if if he's not all in, here's a guy mode. I think he'd be a lot more fun to talk. But to. But I think you know, and maybe do you think he has that twinkle in his eye all the yes, time? Yes, like, I think he is, is that, that all, all the time, time. Though that's what <laughs> is I, he stuck in that perspective? That's what I was gonna say think? because with Nick Wright, I think he can sit down and have a guy to guy conversation that's like peer to peer. He's Nick Wright might not be like. You don't have an ESPN show, but he might talk to you and let you in on his life and stuff. I think Chris Collinsworth's going to be like, let me let me tell you this story about this time, man. And like, cool, that's cool. But, you know, he's going to, you know, maybe big brother you a little bit. Right. Like you don't know as much as he does. You don't. You're here to listen to me. You, I'm the guest of honor here. You chose to eat dinner with me, and we're going to make <laughs> it about me. Whereas I think Nick Wright would be more conversational. I like Nick Wright. He does a good job at his job. I hated him, and now I don't hate him anymore. I think he's kind of come around. Now that we've beat Mahomes three times, and the series is split 3-3, even if we're 0-2 in the playoffs, I think he's kind of come around to the Buffalo and the team together. And we would also... Anybody in Buffalo is the first... You know, we can we can poop on the Cowboys. We can poop on the Dolphins. We can poop on the Patriots. You know, it, it goes around and it comes around. It's just Nick Wright's a huge personality on the air. Who's a Kansas City fan who also doesn't like Buffalo? I just put it all aside. Right. You're, you went to you went to Syracuse, didn't he? Are we sure that Nick Wright? Yeah, went no, to he, did, he did go to Syracuse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I mean, you well, had to cool. have been around it. I mean, I guess yeah. I guess at that token, it's not like you've never been around it. I mean, you've had to spend four years of your life surrounded by it. So, I mean, I guess at that point, if you hate it, you hate it. You know, I don't know. I think. I think I think Collinsworth wouldn't be that bad if he didn't have the Joe Namath smile like the entire dinner, like with that, like yeah, well, back in the day, you know, uh, there was there was this guy. Here's a guy. That's why I'm like, yeah, is his know, son gonna be that. there? Because I don't think he would be like that if his kid was there. <laughs> why would his son because be there? Because they're like- together on air. They work together. They, you know, I don't know. It's just whatever. But if, if I said you could get dinner with Joe Buck, would you assume that Troy Aikman's gonna <laughs> show up too? Like, <laughs> well, if you what's Joe Buck's Dad, he was famous, right? Joe yeah, Buck. What's his is, name? 
John Buck, uh, Jack Buck. Super I, famous Jack Buck on the air Hall of Fame play-by-play guy. I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd want to, I'd ask about that. I'd be talking to him about his dad, but I don't know. I'd, I'd pick Nick Wright to sit with. Just as a, All right. Interesting. Just as a meal Interesting. conversation. Because you know that that dinner conversation is going to turn into the first take table real quick, right? You're, you're in your steak like, Nick, you're wrong. Nick, you're wrong. You know, like you just. I, th- I think Nick, that is, is a great example that you can take, you can pick and choose whatever stats you want to argue whatever point you yeah. want. And that's why these shows have used because people argue about stuff. They can use stats to back it up. But here's the thing. When you're cherry picking anything, what is it? Einstein said that statistics are one of the greatest liars or something like that. But quarterbacks aren't a win stat. Yeah, there you go. So it didn't mean to take us too far off the rails there, but we're going to, we're going to talk a lot more about the Kansas city matchup on our Friday episode. We'll be doing the game picks for the divisional round. Brando's bets, which got back on the horse this past week with a W. So uh, good for that. And then uh, maybe if we can have Pat on, we'll do some quotes with Pat and we still got John's top 10 to get through. So it's going to be a (laughs) A jam packed Friday episode. Yeah. We all worked on it together and didn't finish it before this one. GPT, GPT, GBT, GCC. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it's GCC. OPP. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, we'll be back on Friday and uh, stay tuned for that. You can find us on all platforms at Not Buff Podcast. Check out our video content. We're going to try to pump some more out this week. And uh, yeah, until then, go Bills. Go Bills. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.